will have to wait because it's second Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did we get our 1.4 patch that actually works for the most part, but finally the creation kit and the Steam Workshop. And of those two things, I have to say that I actually value the Steam Workshop more. Um, but I haven't really gotten into the creation kit at all. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. I have to say that after 1.4 shipped, I got my second quest-breaking glitch. And that was in the, uh, I was going to the place where the miasma is, you know, with, uh, the, with Erender. And there's a glitch you can get there where he apparently stops on the stairs and won't move. Sure enough, that's the one I got. Hmm. On the Xbox or PC? PC. So you could probably just fix it, right? I, um, the funny thing is, I fixed it, but then for some reason I went back on my save. I don't know why I went back on my save, but I went back on my save for some reason that I can't recall now. And moving him around with the console didn't seem to help. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, let's, let's talk about the workshop. Uh, on the day it was released, I had a heck of a time finding it. And then about halfway through the day, they updated it again. And you can actually get to it straight from your Skyrim page in the library now. But, yeah, people are definitely uploading their mods like in droves now. It's very good. Oh, yeah, there's like a, a, over 197 pages I saw in the workshop. It was crazy. And, and the good thing is, supposedly, it's a lot easier to install this stuff now. I haven't really played around with getting stuff off Steam that way. You just click subscribe, and it installs when you load the game. Well, it's a bit of a lie. Um, like, the Sky UI is in there, but it still needs SKSE, and SKSE isn't in there. Uh, and it doesn't do any prereq stuff or anything like that. But the kind of weird thing is, I, I don't know how familiar you are with running Sky UI without SKSE, but it, it all seems to work. I don't understand. I mean, it's a giant error message. It gives saying, you the big error message on the screen, which is scary as heck. But yes, it seems to work. Yeah. Does anyone know what it is you need SKSE for for Sky UI? It's a script extender, so... Well, we know what SKSE is, but why do you need it for SkyUI? Since, like Michael said, if you, I've had it without it once, you know, when, they were, when I didn't think there was a new version of SKSE for 1.4, and it turned out there was, but it, didn't, it, it gave you that error message. It pops up and says, warning, 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 Will Robinson, but it seems to run fine. Well, I guess maybe it's something that they thought they needed at one point, and uh, somehow it's been... Uh, fixed and not needed? I don't know. I haven't yeah. tried Sky UI yet, so... Well, I came across another mod that also wasn't, you know, out-of-the-box easy to install. It was... Um, you remember that mod in Fallout New Vegas that added more grass everywhere, James? Yes, I got. I remember that one. Well, there's one similar for Skyrim now, and I installed that because I remembered how much you liked the one in New Vegas. Um, but one of the things you need to change is in your ini files, change the min and max distance for grass rendering because the default has, off in the distance, the grass disappears and just looks like a flat area. It looks really bad. So, yeah, you install that mod and, yeah, you have better grass, but those ini file settings don't get changed automatically. Well, the problem is that with a lot of this stuff, there are so many things you want to toggle based on what kind of system you're running this on what the specs of your PC are. You want to go in and toggle INI files. You might have SKSE. So, yeah, the Steam Workshop's really cool, but even with it, you're going to have to do some research on some of this stuff if you want it to run optimally. And remember we speculated that the Workshop might at least try and avoid conflicts? Um, no. There's like three different lighting system mods in there already, and they're all incompatible. Actually, no, I'll take that. There's four. There's, there was one that... that 
fixed up the eye adjustment when you look up at the bright sun and then you look down to a shaded area as a slow transition in the game. They fixed it so it's more the speed of a real human eye so that you look up at the bright and then you look down at the dark and it adjusts quickly. But that's also incompatible with the other lighting mods. So, And, you know, the only warning you have is in the description where they say this is incompatible with blah. And, and that's written by the author, not by, like, the mod system. Now, is there any kind of rating system on this where people can vote things up and down and you get some notion of what the community thinks? I saw stars on there, and so I assume people have been voting for them because, I mean, I look at some of these mods and they have like five stars on them already, so it's like, okay. Yeah, it, it's definitely a, a voted on thing. I thought, uh, you know, we should go through some of the mods that we've already installed, like, you know, in the first few days. Um, first and foremost for me, I guess, uh, actually, no, I'll just go down my list of, of subscribed items. And um, actually, we probably should mention this whole. Uh, ease of install thing. There is no ease of uninstall. <laughs> so what you get is you subscribe in in Steam, and then when you start up Skyrim, it'll download the latest updates to these mods. Uh, but if you want to turn a mod off, you have to go into the, the data files and then unclick the files that are for that mod. So you have to know which files are for the mod, which you probably won't know uh, unless you've you know, delved into mods before. So, yeah, getting rid of stuff. If you unsubscribe... In Steam, that just stops it doing the update. That mod's still there, and it's still turned on. <laughs> now, I, I haven't used the Skyrim Nexus mod manager. I guess, um, has, has anybody used that, and can anybody compare what they've got on Steam with that? Because that's something I'd be curious about. No, I just use WinRAR for the mods on the Nexus. You just unzip them? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, but there is a mod manager that supposedly handles some level of prereq. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's what I've read. I mean, I, I, like I said, I was curious if anybody on the podcast had been using it because I've read that it makes things easier. I've read, you know, if you go to Skyrim Nexus, they tell you that you really, really, really want to get it. And I've never bothered because I figured, oh, I, heck, I can read the README files and figure it out. But, I'm, you know, it's, since the Steam Workshop thing doesn't seem to solve that problem, I'm just curious whether the Skyrim Nexus thing has solved it. But even if it does, would it matter? I mean, it's so easy to install mods using the workshop now. Like, the majority of people who use mods that never used mods before would be doing it through this because it's just there. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, it's sort of like the whole iTunes effect. that Once it's there and it's easy enough to use, people will use it even if there are supposedly better things out there. Well, I mean, I, I didn't ever bother installing, like, uh, my first mod here is high-quality high snow texture. I never bothered installing that one before because I couldn't be bothered downloading it or keeping it up to date, and now it does it for me. So it was like, you know, one click, done, forget about it. High-quality snow, yay. I do like the uh, just hitting subscribe, and then when you start up your game, it installs all the mods for you. And I did uh, Breeze Home Enhance, which gave me an enchanting table to the Breeze Home and made it, like, the perfect place. I also found uh, Dragonbone weapons that looked really cool. I know there's another one where uh, they... The, the, they used the, the the orc weapons as models and then just like made them a different shade of green and called those dragon weapons. But there's another one that uh, actually looks like someone created 3D modeling of the dragon bones, which makes it it's cooler. So those are the only two mods I've done uh, off of uh, Steam uh, Workshop. Uh, I've a done a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, I haven't installed anything through the Steam thing yet. And the reason was that I wasn't sure initially whether it would cause issues with the fact that I'm using SKSE. 
And some of my mods, like SkyUI, at least say they require SKSE. And before 1.4 came out, I had an optimizer that added a DLL that required SKSE to try to speed up some of the slower parts of the game. So I had some things that I wasn't quite sure would work real well with the Steam thing. But you said, Michael, that it doesn't really matter whether you've got things that are plugins to SKSE that... Steam, while it doesn't deal with that, it you know works kind of around it. Yeah, I know. This thing is literally just unzipping the files into the data directory. There's, the, the only smarts here is the fact that it will go and check for updates on startup. That's, uh, that's really all there is to it. Uh, and the fact that there's a, a built-in UI in Steam to let you browse the stuff and, and vote on it and get see people's comments and reviews. And that, you know, that's, that's what's really useful here. It's, uh, it's, just, you know, it's just right there. It's, it's that convenience factor. So it seems like there's a lot of room they could move to improve this, but at the same time, it seems like since Bethesda went with this for this game, a lot of other game publishers are going to have to seriously think about playing ball. Well, given that the system is essentially just a, here, here's a file in the description, and then we'll let the Steam network handle the whole comments and voting thing, and here's the how it unzips it into a directory, it's going to be pretty easy for any and every game to add mods to into the Steam Thing and, uh, and be community-driven, too. I, I think that's a really good thing because it'll extend the life of a lot of games to have a community be able to add to them. Cause I know like, uh, there's some games that uh, didn't have that kind of support and they've had to uh, unofficially modify their own stuff. I mean, the, the, the games. So the, having the, the, the corporation that made the, the company that made this, you know, help make it easier for people to do modding is really good. I like that. Well, I'm not sure. Sorry, I was going to say, it makes me wonder whether the EA folks are going to start tearing their hair out over the fact that they've got the whole origin system and now they've been now they've been kicked one back on this in terms of features. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure which company was really behind pushing for Steamworks, whether it was Valve or Bethesda, but clearly there's a lot of communication going on. Yeah, the, the creation kit came out, obviously, but Valve made a, uh, a mod for, for Skyrim, which adds the space um, personality from Portal 2 into Skyrim as something that falls out of the sky. <laughs> it's, it's very funny, and there's even a hint in there that, they, that they're going to add quests to it later, and it is part one, so it's possible there's going to be more to it. But, um, you know, the, the very fact that some, some guys or girls at Valve sat down, used the creation kit to make a mod and, and put it up there on day one with the Steam Workshop, says a lot about their enthusiasm for engaging the community and, and really promoting this thing. Did you guys notice uh, there's several uh, reduced distance or reduced NPC uh, um, uh, uh, there with the things they say, especially like uh, there's a... Net- wasn't Nibbin Nibbiz? Anyways, like some of the ones that are just annoying. Like they say, "Oh, have you been to the the cloud district?" Of course you haven't. And they they have mods to mute those kind of guys or those those NPCs. Yes, quite a few of those. It's <laughs> definitely a popular mod. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about some of the other mods that people are, people have been using and and voting on. Um, I added better water because the water in Skyrim is kind of boring looking. This one makes it sort of flow and overlap and swish and stuff. It looks really nice. Um, another one I had was, I talked about more grass. I added more rain, <laughs> 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 which is a sort of a flavor thing. It, it, it makes the weather in the different areas a bit more, I guess. I'm not sure if this actually conflicts with another one I installed, which is uh, Enhanced Dynamic Weather System, which... 
um, makes the the weather in the different areas more, I guess you'd say, realistic. But two of them probably go to war with each other every so often. <laughs> did, did you guys notice that there's a uh, a mod to do bonds of mag- matrimony for Khajiit to add them to the marriage list? <laughs> yeah, that that's not done though. I want to use that. There's a lot of mods in here that aren't entirely done that I'm looking forward to. James, remember you said you were trying to do the achievement to get 50 of the special books? Yeah, I, I finally finished that one, but yes. Well, there's a mod in here I've got to install. Uh, it's Unread Books Glow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be really u- That would have been useful about two weeks ago. It's really useful now, even like in my in my current new playthrough, just trying to find books that I haven't seen. It's just fun. Uh, I like the Aerosmith one. Yeah, I haven't used that, but it sort of is something that should have been in the game. I think. Yeah, it really should have been. I think the only reason it's not is that after a while, you get to the point where if you're picking up every arrow you see, you get to the point where you have literally hundreds of them. Unless yeah, you I have a hot level. If you play at a higher level, you run out of arrows. Okay, if you play at a higher level, but from everything you've described about playing at higher levels, you'd have to be insane to do that. <laughs> uh, I added dynamic merchants, and the more you spend money at a merchant, the more the more they have to sell to other people. So their actual their, their cap increases. Oh wow! So it adds something of a dynamic economy to the game. Yes. It's not spectacular, but it's still better than nothing. Well, that'd be because half of what drives you to join the Thieves' Guild, even if you're not playing a character that belongs in the Thieves' Guild, is that you want the fences simply because they have all the money. Yes. <laughs> well, the nice thing is you got the guy uh, who does the jewelry stuff in, in Riften, and he has so much money now because I bring him gems and stuff all the time. <laughs> ah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And that's really kind of the way it should be. You know, he should have his own store by now based on the income that I'm giving him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I shamelessly did the Bella's Better Females, uh, the less makeup version, because I don't need all <laughs> women in Skyrim looking like sluts. Now, now this, th- th- this is a question I wanted to ask. Is this kind of like the iTunes thing where Steam is censoring this stuff, or are they no holds barred? Because I know over on Skyrim Nexus, if you want to see the dirtier stuff, you have to register and log in. So is, is Steam censoring this stuff, putting some kind of wall up, or are they, is it total free-for-all? Yeah, you have to sign a, like an agreement thing. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the quote-unquote adult stuff at all. When you upload a mod, you have to um, make sure it says, like they ask you if it's got any adult content, and it says if you do, you can't upload it. Okay, so it's like the iTunes thing at this point, where you know, you're censored to some extent, where, because they've decided that's not what they want. Okay. Um, the another one I've got that I found I really like and I can't live without it. All of a sudden, lightweight potions and poisons. Instead of weighing zero point five, they all weigh zero point one. That makes more sense. Yeah, it does make more sense. And boy, the the first time I realized that hat that I was so overburdened and couldn't seem to get down to under something like three hundred and fifty pounds was when I went in and looked at my inventory of potions, and it suddenly dawned on me that having as many potions as I did, and all of them weighing a half a pound, actually added up to significant crap. Yeah, that was annoying. I, I realized that, too, because I just collect potions. I collect lots of potions and barely can uh, sell them all, because you know, the merchants keep running out of the damn money, so they just end up piling up and weighing like 50 to pounds or something. 
I've actually come... You remember in Deus Ex when you played the pacifist and you end up selling all the guns and ammo you come across? Yes. And you make lots of money? Yeah. I've been doing the exact same thing in Skyrim with magic potions because I haven't done anything with magic at all. I don't need any mana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've made quite a lot of money off selling those things. Well, yeah, the only problem you get into is one Scott brought up where after a while you run into so many potions like that that you have to go to four or five towns to unload all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just waste them. I just drink them. <laughs> well, that's that's one solution enough. to the problem, I guess. Yeah. yeah. The poisons are a bit annoying, though. I only that's... keep the health and magicka ones. I get, I sell the rest. Uh, actually, um, oh, and, and I have one other mod installed, which is the realistic lighting. The, and, again, it's a bit contentious as to whether that's the best one. There's uh, there's two, There's another lighting one and a variant of that as well that is also popular. Um, and basically they just fix up all the colors, which was similar to what we got in Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. Oh, and they make things really dark in the dark places. I've actually had to use torches in this current playthrough. I loaded the equivalent one in Fallout New Vegas, I remember once, and nighttime just became completely pitch black, unless you were near Vegas. Well, I'm, I'm Kajit, so I just use night vision. <laughs> yeah. But it actually gives a purpose to that stuff. It's nice. I like it. <laughs> There's a pet polo, pet, pet, yeah, there's a pet polar bear, Oslo, in White Run. Uh, not White Run, uh, Winter, god damn it, uh, Winterhold, that's uh, in the Nexus, uh, not Nexus, but the Steam Workshop. I like Davy the dragon, the little dragon. The mini dragon, I like the mini horses as well, they're pretty funny. Remove Lydia's trade dialogue so she doesn't say, I'll carry your burdens. <laughs> that would be a good one to remove, yes. Well, uh, we wanted to talk about that video, and I just wanted to bring up a mod that I see here that is probably directly related to that video. Better werewolves. Um, you know, actually adding a skill tree to werewolves. So it's the Bethesda had a week where they just all went nuts and added whatever they wanted to the game, and, and none of it made it into the game, and all of it should have been in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think possibly you're going to link to this video, I assume, James. Yes, I will re- resurrect the link somewhere where it is in Skype, and I'll put it in the, in the show notes. Yeah, there's, there's the video you're talking about is where they go through that week of fun that the Bethesda developers had saying, go nuts. Make a mod on stuff that you wanted to put in the game or maybe couldn't quite put in the game, couldn't fit in the time constraints, whatever. And there's some really cool stuff in there. You know, the werewolf perk tree, the, the, uh, the cutscenes for mage deaths, you know, where you have cutscenes for uh, killing people with weapons, but you don't have the equivalent thing with, uh, you, with your destruction spells. And that adds that in. The one thing that I think really should have been in the game was combat on horseback because... Yeah. Getting attacked while you're on horseback is annoying. You've got to stop, get off the horse, get bitten by something, shoot it, <laughs> back on the horse. Yeah. Uh, magic arrows as well, like uh, ice arrows and flame arrows. Um, dynamic um, seasons as well, so like it goes through, you know, winter, spring, autumn. I actually wrote down the list of everything because I did that just before the show. And they have, yeah, they have changing seasons, spears, flow-based flow water, kill cams for magic and ranged attacks, water arrows, guards relight dark areas, paral, paral, paralyzed rune, 
hanging stru- structures and moving platforms, water currents under in in dungeons, dark dungeons, new follower commands, set favorite favorites for followers, adoption, build your own house, even with a, a complete with a skeletal butler, uh, spell combos, goblins, high level dragger, waygate, fast travel, epic mounts, mounted combat, uh, dragon mounts, soul bug familiar, connect shouts, screen ambiance, uh, enhanced underwater visuals, snow footprints, uh, and the verlate surfaces for non-rigid, uh, basically whips, uh, fat giants, fire and ice arrows, werebears, lycanthropy, uh, perk tree, vampire feeding, flying vampire lord, or become a vampire f- flying vampire lord, uh, vampire imp minions, and giant bosses, which is basically a giant mud crab. <laughs> Wasn't there one with giants that, could, that were different sizes and shapes, too, where there were some giants that were fat and thin and so on? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, fat giants, basically. Yeah, it's just an amazing list, isn't it? The the spell combo one, is this, I, I, I don't remember it from the video now, is this akin to what you used to have in Dragon Age Origins where you could hit somebody with a freezing spell and then hit them with rocks and they'd shatter? No, I actually think no. it was more like in, in the game Magicka where combining different elementals caused a different spell to happen. Yeah. There was a, there was like um, uh, you could do a fire spell and a ray, a ray zombie would get you a fire zombie. Yeah. I think that's ah. what it was, yeah. Pretty awesome okay. idea. That'd be cool mm-hmm. on its own, right? Yes. So, I mean, these could be DLC, and I thought I don't know if they meant that they're that someone added whips or that someone made better whips because I have not seen whips in this game at all. So, someone must have added whips in that uh, video is what they meant because that just that's awesome. <laughs> the spear fighting animations were pretty awesome too. Mm-hmm. That was very cool. I just want to see flaming arrows so that if I'm playing an archer specialist, I could stand back and light the oil on the ground on fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. The flaming arrow animation was like a big fiery explosion. So that'll, that'll be really cool if they uh, do that. I hope they do. I have to say that, like, if, if a DLC comes out and it's not just a new area and new quests, but a whole bunch of this stuff... I'll be blown away. That would just be the, the greatest thing ever to have the game upgraded like that. But, it, it, you know, some of these things like they're talking about upgrading the underwater areas. You know, underwater was, is really lacking in this game. Yeah, that's true because there's not really a whole lot of reason. There might be a, an occasional treasure chest under there, but there's not like a, an underwater dungeon or an underwater entrance to a dungeon. There's not like like little shoggins or any other underwater creatures to interact with other than the fish or um, slaughterfish. So, there's, yeah, you're, you're right. It is like... You know, it's funny. They had underwater areas in Fallout New Vegas where you had to swim and you had to worry about whether you were running out of oxygen to get certain... Now, I don't remember them having combat underwater. Well, you could... Yeah, yeah, you had to fight fish. Yeah, you'd have to fight things. So, yeah, you'd have to fight things, yeah. So they had combat underwater and they had the... You had to worry about whether you were running out of air. Every time I've been underwater in Skyrim, I've never felt like I had to worry that I was running out of air. There are slaughterfish around. You run into them from time to time. Well, you hear about them. I've never once been bitten by one, though. They're, they're, they're kind of underwhelming. I thought they were going to be these big shark-like things, but they're just these little tiny annoying things that come up and bite you when you're in a river. Usually it's a river or a lake um, outside, and they'll just annoy you it's like that's all they do they don't even really hurt you that much it's, i wasn't even picturing a big fish so much as i was picturing maybe a school of piranha like things yeah it's usually just one and they come up and just kind of 
swim around you and your companion acts like it's a, a vendetta that they have to kill it because they won't, you know, they won't just leave it and walk away. They'll just go, oh, I have to kill it. It's like, come on, man. Half, half the reason I change rooms in some dungeons is just to make my companion catch back up to me. Yeah. So um, that's, that's my hope. Fingers crossed that when we do get our first DLC, it includes like massive world upgrade stuff like this stuff. Because that would just be incredible. I'd probably start the game over from scratch if half of, if more than, you know, if like a bunch of this stuff was added. Oh, yeah. You'd want to, you you definitely would want to experience a lot of these things, like having epic, yeah, the epic mounts was like a, a fiery nightmare horse. And you, and anybody, I think everyone wants to ride a dragon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody wants to do combat from horseback so they don't have to get off the damn horse. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and having a, a a werewolf perk tree, I think, would make uh, being a werewolf that much better. Uh, or yeah, and even werebears would be awesome. <laughs> Speaking of awesome stuff, my favorite YouTube channel about Skyrim stuff has got a new video up uh, with a glitch on how to wear all of your armor items at once. <laughs> <laughs> and how overburdened do you get, or is it that you've taken the perk all the way up on that armor tree so it's weightless? Well, you're already carrying it, so so long as you can carry it, you're carrying it. Wearing it's not going to change that. No, if you wear it, you're uh, if you wear it with the perk or with the stone seed stone steed stone, it's uh, weightless. That's why wearing it uh, makes it weightless. So yeah. I don't know. It would be weightless if you've got that perk. This is like a class of bugs that this guy's found to do with the werewolf transformation scene. And remember we talked about how to become a horse. Um, (laughs) Similar sort of thing. When you're turning into a werewolf, you go into a conversation with your companion. And then um, as you're quitting out of that, you you equip all of your armor. And when you turn back to a person, you're wearing all of it. (laughs) So you could have, like, if you wanted to make epic weapons or something, you could have, uh, like, 50 articles. Articles or rings or something of blacksmith and have them all That's on them. insane. That that would be a way to exploit the rules of the game. Yes. Um, so one of the one of the tricks to to doing these epic weapons that he had on his videos, I finally understand how it works. When you wear a, an item like a ring or a, a piece of a clothing, pants or whatever, that gives you a say a boost to. Let's start with alchemy because this is where it all begins. So say you're wearing. Um, a helm that gives you more alchemy, fortifies your alchemy. Anything that is fortified blah is considered to be something that is a restoration bonus. So if you are like, for example, restore health, so you fortify health, increases your health back faster. So if you drink a potion that improves your restoration, then uh, all of the things you're wearing get better. Um, Or anything that is fortifying that you're wearing gets better. So say you have a 10% uh, alchemy ring and then you drink a 10% potion. Now you're going to have 20% when you make your next restoration potion and then you repeat. So it's all additive. Yes. So you use the 20% potion with your 10% clothing and you get a 30% and you just keep going and going. Um, I'm actually simplifying it because it's actually multiplied, not added. (laughs) So you rapidly get up into the thousands very, very quickly 
uh, after only a couple of iterations to get these super, you can get a super restoration potion, which you use to make your super blacksmithing and super enchanting potion. And with those two, you then do the super blacksmithing to create your bow, and then you use the super enchanting to enchant the bow, and you get ridiculous weapons. And, and you can do the same with the bow that does 3,000 damage. Right. But I think you could technically say it's a glitch because um, Fortify Blacksmith doesn't help you restore. So taking a restoration potion shouldn't affect alchemy, blacksmithing, enchanting perks. Really, it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, that's a bug that they they probably should fix, but I doubt they will. Yeah, I mean, it's, even without hacks like that, I've got a pretty strong bow and I can three-shot Elder Dragons with it. So it's not like they, you know, it's not like you need to use that stuff to get really strong. They may no, as well don't. patch it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's pretty easy to get powerful in this game, I think. And, but I don't know, I don't think they're going to make it a high priority is what I mean. They're going to probably go after things that are really upsetting uh, people or, you know, uh, like quest glitches, you know, that where you can't uh, complete a quest, stuff like that. You, you know, you're, you're right. And, and there, there's a lot of evidence in all of the Elder Scrolls games that, Things like this, where it's really off in the corner, and if you think about it and realize what's going on, you can exploit the system. Um, they tend not to patch those things because they're kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very like funny. the bucket over people's heads. Yeah, exactly. It's like the bucket over the head thing. Yeah, so I, I suspect they're not going to patch it, and it, and it's it's a choice, right? You can sit you can sit there and use this glitch, and it doesn't take very long to get up to very high level weapons and armor with it um, if you want to, and if you don't want to, then you just don't, right? It's like exactly. I've seen comments in these in the workshop area already. People like the, there's stuff in there that makes uh, gives you more perks or makes you stronger or removes things like animals don't attack you as often unless you get really close to them. And people in the comments are like raging, like, "Oh, this is cheating! You're all cheaters!" <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. It's just like just let people do whatever they want. It's their game. It's not World of Warcraft. No one's bothering you. It's a oh, single Lord. player game, for gosh sakes. Who you know? Exactly. You've got you've got 50, what is it? Fifty achievements you can get, and that's the only comparison you've got. So, you know, and even if you don't take any of these cheats, you can get those achievements just by playing long enough. You don't even have to play that long to get the achievements. No, I mean, but you know no. what I mean. It's you just have to invest some level of time to get them, and that's it. It's not like there's money or multiplayer on the line here. Yeah. <laughs> So no, yeah. no competitions going on, just people playing their own uh, single-player game. I mean, this is one of the, the hallmarks of Elder Scrolls, though. Like, people still play Morrowind with its masses of mods. And I think Skyrim, with the modding support they've got now and the things people are doing to it already, is going to last as long as Morrowind did. Yeah, oh, definitely. And the fact is that between the Radiant Quests, where you know you continue to have something to do, even if those quests are kind of kind of hokey, but, you know, even after you finished all the achievements, one of the things I went back to the game for was that I, it occurred to me that I had only gotten, like, uh, I think it was three, maybe four of the Dragon Priest masks. And I decided to go back in to try to find the rest of them because I hadn't located them. Did you? No, I haven't gotten them all yet. I was in the middle of trying to get one of them when I got the glitch with Erendur on the stupid staircase. You know, I, I wandered across him, decided, oh, I'll go get that stupid skull. And while I was busy trying to get the skull, that's when it glitched. But that was what I was in the middle of doing, was trying to get the rest of the Dragon Priest masks. And it occurred, it, it, I noticed that I hadn't found all the locations, because over at a friend's house, he brought up his save game for me, and I saw Dragon Peak somewhere on the map. It was over by Riften somewhere. I don't know exactly where where I hadn't 
even known there was a mountain there. And I said, well, obviously there's a dragon mask there because it's one of those locations that you get with a friend, you know, the, the note from a friend things. But I'd never been to that one. So there, there are a bunch of places like that that I've never even been on the map. I think I'm missing four locations on my main playthrough. I can't find them for crap, though. Speaking of finding stuff, there is a mod that changes the navigation thing up the top so that it only has north, south, east, and west. It doesn't show you undiscovered locations. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've, I've decided, yes, that's the way the game should be played. I think um, the, the undiscovered locations is when someone told you that this place is out there and they mark it on your map or something. I think that's what that's about. Yeah, but that can stay on the map. Why does it have to be on the HUD? Uh, oh, yeah, okay, that I understand now. Okay. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't really bother me. Well, the thing is, I, I came across a tower recently that I saw off in the distance and I walked towards it, and it wasn't on my map at all. Uh, oh, and yeah, I was I've excited that. by that. I was excited by the fact that I didn't know what I was going to find. And when I got there, there were guards there. They, were, they had like a picnic. They were roasting some sort of meat. <laughs> there. And I was like, wow, what is this place? You know, and I now had the location on my map. No one was attacking me. I was very happy. And it, and it reminded me of Fallout, Fallout New Vegas in that respect, that you could go to places and people wouldn't attack you. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've I've found a few uh, camps, and I've even found a weird like altar area that I would have thought would be on the map, but it wasn't on the map whatsoever. Even when I was there, and it just had this uh, ring of stones, and it was like north of the school, and it just it, there was like an ice staff there, and I think I got uh, attacked by uh, little stupid ice wraiths that fly around, and it was just it was just this little uh, altar place, and uh, just not on the map, and I was didn't know what the heck that was about. I ran across that, and I kept running in circles around it, waiting for it to appear on my map. Because I was convinced it had to be on the damn map. But sure enough, you're right, it just doesn't appear. And there are a couple places like that, where you'll run across what are obviously shrines of some kind, and they're just unmarked and unknown. Crazy. Did you notice that the camp, that the, the side you side with for the Civil War, the, their camps disappear after the end? After the end of what? After the end of the quest line, you mean? You mean they, they decamp and go into the cities as occupiers, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. But the other side doesn't, and there's a mod there that lets you kill the generals. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been thinking that that might be a good way to um, spam up certain things like your spells or arrows. You just keep uh, pelting the, the, the generals that are there, <laughs> then they won't die. Just keep shooting spells at them. Yeah, but you end up having to run away from them because they won't die, and eventually, since they won't die, they will kill you. I've been very tempted to install that mod because I, I just want to get rid of them. <laughs> you, you know me. I, I want to affect change in the land, and, and that mod will actually let me do it. I agree. Um, That's a good idea. I've got a random update to the Thieves Guild quest line that we didn't talk about before and I wasn't aware of before. This one came in from Magin. If you complete – now, bear with me for a second <laughs> – if you complete 125 Radiant Quests for the Thieves' Guild, <laughs> a safe is added next to the bookshelves that it contains random loot and potions that improve stealth skills. Oh, my God. 125. <laughs> How many hours did he expend to learn this? <laughs> By the time you do 125, you're not going to need any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, there's a whole bunch of uh, rewards the more you do. Uh, and I don't know how many I've done. I think I've, I must have done about – I'm pretty sure I have the golden ship model, and I think I might have the golden urn. But um, 
there, these are the trophies that fill up the bookshelf. At 45, you get a golden, go- a jeweled goblet. At 55 jobs, you get a jeweled flagon. And at 75 jobs, you get a jeweled pitcher. And then 125, you get the safe. You know what that implies? That implies there's probably an equivalent level of thing for kid doing that many killing jobs for Sithis. There is. You get um, ancient shroud armor. No, no, no. That's, you get the ancient shroud armor not for doing jobs. You do that for getting your fortune read and you go to that dungeon. Or maybe you can get it the other way, too. I don't know. I know you can get it by getting your fortune read and going to a dungeon. I heard that you have to do, like, a bunch of radiant quests. At the beginning of the Assassin's Guild quest, or somewhere in the midst of it, I don't remember where now, you get a thing where you go to Olava, uh, Olava's token. She's some fortune teller, and I think she's in White Run, although I might be fuzzy on that at this point. But in any case, you go get your fortune read, and she says, oh, you'll find this cool stuff if you go here. You go there, and you find the ancient shroud armor. Oh. I just found uh, a Minecraft diamond sword in the uh, Steam Workshop. I thought that was funny. <laughs> With the notched pickaxe? Pick yeah. yeah. There you go. It should be in the same location just for jollies. <laughs> Missed an episode? Need to subscribe to the iTunes feed or join the Facebook group or follow us on Twitter or join the Steam group? You can find these links and more at www.jaroba.com. That's J-A-R-O-B-E-R.com slash Thumcast, T-H-U-U-M-C-A-S-T.